<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. everyone for the 100th episode brought in some of our good friends some new faces on these uh, little group chats always legit bat is jumping in on these fun uh little what we call the shady bunch that name is uh getting annoying to me though so i just like calling it it's just group chats but we can call it whatever we want you don't right? like the, the brady bunch i mean you know out? i came up with it so I, it's okay but i mean like it's just you know when you when you hear something enough it just gets annoying but you know shady bunch I, we'll, we'll just go with that so we got legit bat we got Mark Steves from the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast, also, of course, affiliated with Tinfoil Hat. He's new to this group of degenerates. And then we have Ron from New England coming up with his podcast, uh, hopefully this year at some point. Uh, and then Cameron, who is uh, just a good friend of ours. He was in one episode uh, and then uh, I think one or two Patreon episodes as well. He's going to be yeah. on the liberal side with Brandon because uh, Brandon always needs a little help. With these conversations, Any, right? Anything I can get these guys, these days. Yeah. I know. It's tough, man. So let's just get back to the basics here. We want to talk about New World Order. This is like the number one conspiracy. If you're going to go down like these ranker websites, um, a lot of people are concerned about New World Order. But when I say get back to basics, what are we drinking? What are we uh, intoxicating ourselves with this evening? I'll start with you, Mark, because you are first on my screen. Looks like you're drinking Robitussin. <laughs> No, I got some uh, honest iced tea uh, to my co-host. Very typical. I always drink the stuff. He always kicks me in the butt for it. But it's the only organic tea you can get at a gas station. So give me a break. Um, and then, of course, <laughs> my uh, my favorite. I'm smoking some backwoods with uh, with some ganja. <laughs> nice, dude. That's cultural appropriation right there. And I, I don't like it. But I'll let it slide for the hundredth. Uh, Dude, Joe, this is the culture in the East Coast. <laughs> Joe and Jen, what are you guys up to over there? 
Uh, I got I got some wine. It's uh, really expensive if you're going by grocery outlet standards. Yeah, hey, like there you go. I was drinking I, Dayquil earlier because I'm sick and I'm chasing it with a watermelon and kiwi truly. She doesn't have COVID. Ooh. She just has she normal sickness COVID. as far as we know. Oh, she, hasn't, she hasn't got her anal test yet, so we're not quite sure. <laughs> oh, I probably so. got it from someone not wearing a mask. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> or from an ex-boyfriend. Beautiful. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Well, Ron, what about you? You said you're drinking something. What is it? I, tonight, am drinking one of my absolute favorites, Cayman Jack, margarita in a can. Uh, this is what I like Classy. to drink. This is like what I like to drink when I'm out four-wheeling. And uh, it's very refreshing. And tonight I don't have to drive after the show, so I'm going to have a few drinks. That's hot. That's hot. I like it. What about you, Cameron? What are well, you doing? Well, tonight's a, uh, a Guinness night. Uh, chill. Guinness? The old country. Yeah. Nice, dude. Have we ever... Sure have we ever... Organic, but I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> have we ever messed around with the black and tans? I have. Although no. I'm not that great at making them myself, I'll be honest. Oh, uh, well, you know, it's all right. It's not a problem. Not a problem. Well, dude, so what do you guys all think about this new world order, the direction that the country is moving in? I know that we're going to get a mixed bag. We're going to keep it very civil, obviously. Um, but I mean, there are some very interesting developments going on in this entire world. First of all, Mark, I want to start with you, man. Like, what do you think the new world order is to you? Like, who is the NWO? <clears throat> to me, I think the NWO, the New World Order, is not a finite, settled group of people who all collaborate. I don't think that there's one room or building that they meet in, but I think it's kind of a symptom of the plutocracy that has existed since ancient times. I mean, it's historically recorded that, you know, the empires have only just... <laughs> gotten better at hiding the fact that they're an empire and, and that's kind of my opinion on the new world order it's the old world order in new clothes you know and they have to uh, move their <clears throat> propaganda into a new realm of consciousness as we evolve into a new realm of consciousness so i think it's it, it's complicated but uh from my research i think it's it's proven um that it exists sure. as as a, not just a uh, entity but an idea at least definitely man. i mean it goes back to like the anunnaki right and then they kind of evolve from that to the phoenicians canaanites um you well, know i i wouldn't say that but that's fine well <laughs> i mean just like when i'm looking at like kind of some history and uh from what i was kind of looking into like they start getting their like religious rights and things like that in babylon um, and, and I think that they evolve from that. They kind of take over Egypt. Um, they, they, you know, turn into just different societies. And like you said, they evolve, obviously. Um, but I mean, it obviously, uh, you know, kind of ties in a lot of different branches, secret societies, uh, the priesthood, royalty, financial institutions and things like that. Um, but I mean, Cameron, I, I'd like to hear your opinion on this stuff because you're big in secret societies, I know. Um, I see Trump is living rent free in your house, and he probably will for quite a while. I see him right back there, the baby <laughs> Trump. <laughs> oh, he's my little buddy. You know, we have conversations. Um, good, no, good. as far as all that goes, I mean, you know, I'd have to agree with Mark at least uh, 
in part. I mean, I, I don't know that they, you refer to over, you know, centuries and eons as really as, you know, specific an organization as, as you might like to give it credit, but certainly, you know, the corporatocracy these days, uh, in conjunction, obviously, with, you know, I hate to say it, but I mean, with the federal government to some degree, uh, in the sense that politicians can be bought and paid for and laws are written by lobbyists, um, you know, that's struck and, and really, I think over, you know, history, it's always been about exploiting, you know, resources, both human and, you know, natural, and then concentrating power and wealth. So I, I think yeah. that's the sort of the, the new world order, you know, you guys might, might give a name to. I'm not sure it's as well organized as, uh, you know, some might think. Uh, yeah, you know, but definitely there's a power structure there that, you know, wants to maintain control, you know, for itself. Yeah, I also think that there's some some artificial categorization that's happening here. That it's, it, Mark, you you had a, you had a, a whole bunch of great points, a whole bunch of stuff. Like Cameron, I would I agree with you. At the end there, you say at, at at very least it's an idea, and I think it is an idea. But I think that that idea can be used to turn some people who are really legitimately hurting economically turn them against these elites in ways that they shouldn't. Maybe maybe they start. I don't know storming the capital instead of, of voting, you know, every now and then. Uh, so it's, it's, oh it's, 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 it's maybe a bad categorization of the elites, but uh, I think the Marxist blood that, that flows through a little bit of Cameron and I's veins here is also concerned about this. We're, we, we care about the, the bourgeoisie too, man. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Hey, you know, I, I, it was Bill Cooper, you know, he was saying like back in 1952, this alliance was formed. Um, I mean, we're talking about really kind of getting away from centralized banking. Um, I mean, it, it was obviously in the process for quite some time. But Ron, um, with with the, you know, kind of shrinking down of power, getting it into less people's hands. Um, I mean, who do you think's at the top of this entire, you know, it seems like what it looks like is a Ponzi scheme when you see a diagram of it. Um, but in your opinion, I mean, do, do you think that there is someone at the top or a group at the top there? Tell us, Sage of Wisdom. <laughs> I uh, I definitely think there's a group at the top. I mean, you know, I think it all it all evolves from the 13 original families that we used to talk about, uh, the 13 elite families. And uh, and, and I think what it's all done, it's, it's all funneled down to uh, to the the World Economic Forum is now the face of the NWO. Uh, in my opinion, you know, uh, you've got all the elites that are putting all their money into the World Economic Forum uh, in this Klaus Schwab person. Uh, they're all pushing the Great Reset. Uh, I mean, that's all pretty that's all pretty clear for people in our genre, right? The Great Reset. Uh, and this is all the things that they want to do uh, to, you know, implement, you know, the, their takeover. Basically, and I think Joe Biden is is uh, is one of their puppets. Personally, in my view, the World Economic Forum, as 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 we have found in research, has direct uh, lineage from the Third Reich, uh, which just bolsters my theory that we're living in the Fourth Reich. So uh, sure. I, I think a lot of the elitist families are keeping uh, keeping a low profile now, and and they're just letting the World Economic Forum run the show for them. Uh, and that's who I think uh, is is definitely the new world order uh, at this point. Definitely, dude. I mean, like, I you know, I tend to agree with you. And, 
and Mark and then Cameron said so said some very interesting things there too. Um, but I mean, Joe and Jen, obviously, you guys are very familiar with this stuff too. Um, do you think that it's more like a financial control, or do you think it's just something of an all-around aspect of uh, like just controlling our everyday lives? Uh, we had a, a fun conversation last night about like universal basic income and how that'll raise the cost of goods. Um, but I mean, like, what do you what do you guys think about just the entire structure of what we call the new world order here? Well, like, I agree with all of you. I mean, what Mark said and even what uh, Brandon said about it kind of being an idea, the NWO idea. <clears throat> I don't know if there's one group of people that's been controlling it this whole time, if it goes back to the families, you know, because obviously it's not the same people. It's been however many years. They're not all alive anymore. There definitely is some old money involved, but I think it's more of a overarching type of thing. Because I mean, if you want to call it the beast from the Bible, that's the seven-headed beast. It kind of kind of reminds me of you know military, uh, media, new news media, any any of that kind of stuff. There's like so many different heads: financial, military, uh, or you could call it what Charlie Robinson calls it: the octopus of global control. There's many tentacles to this. It's not just but the tentacles kind of do go on, you know, go back to one main thing. But yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard to figure out when when you look at it all. It's pretty unilateral, though. There's a lot of different aspects coming into play, especially now when you get uh, Twitter and Facebook and everything banning it. They're trying to, you know, program you and decide what you can say and what you can't say. And then there's the media trying to tell you what to think. And then there's the military that we don't have any control over at all. <laughs> I just yeah. it's weird that the media is <clears throat> is controlling everything right now, but it's so it's just creating division. It's controlling what you think, but it's completely different from what someone else might see. So I just think they want us divided for the next thing. Well, there's a splitting of reality going on right now. And that and that is a symptom of the idea, right? Being actualized. So to break it down a little deeper, if we really want to look at the new world order as an idea and pursue this scientifically, we have to define what it is and how it acts, right? And from what I've seen and from what others have seen, and I've kind of gathered this, is it basically functions with three variables, right? You have indoctrination, compartmentalization, and a need-to-know basis. So functioning with those three you know parameters these organizations are able to a create a working body of you know people who are unknowingly doing the bidding of the you know second tier who is there you know undo unknowingly doing the bidding of the first tier right so they establish this kind of hierarchy of need to know basis compartmentalize it down to the part where it's like well the rocket you know guy who builds one part of the rocket never talks to the other guy who builds the other part of the rocket so they can never build a rocket on their own you know they can't go and like go home and build a you know rocket in their shed because they split this all up so much and and that's just one metaphor you know we're not talking about rocket building here but what we're talking about is culture creation and like John and Jen or Joe and Jen just um, described there. I think that's one of the uh, the ways that this kind of information 
is controlled, you know, through the media, divide and conquer, that's a tactic, right? That's a tactic. And we all recognize that. And, um, and it's not a new thing. I mean, in Roman times, they were controlling what people know, knew and what people talked about and what entertained them. And, you know, I can keep on going, but there's... Yeah, Mark, Mark, it's exactly <laughs> what you're saying. It's, uh, they split everybody up, these different departments, and each one doesn't know what's going on. Uh, and they end up being uh, fighting against each other. It's just like how how the CIA is fighting against the NSA, who's fighting against the FBI, and, and all these and all these uh, departments are run autonomously, and they don't share and, and they refuse to share information, right? But this all boils down to the control of several major things, right? You have the media that controls or is attempting to control your thoughts. They want you to think a certain way. That's why they call it the Mockingbird Media. When actually on one of my posts on my Ron from New England page on Instagram, I had a post that showed, <clears throat> excuse me, probably 50 different television stations all saying the same exact thing from a script. And we know that all the media is controlled by like what, five or six companies, right? Yeah. But so, so the first thing they want to do is they want to control your thoughts. The other things that the NWA, uh, NWO wants to control is your finances and natural resources. Because if they can control your finances and natural resources, meaning uh, fuel, food, the necessities of life, well, they can control you, bottom line. That, that's how that works. But you got, I mean, <clears throat> this is this is how bureaucracies are kind of formed, right? I mean, we can have all levels of the, the same three dynamics that you're talking about there, Mark. And I think we're still left uh, holding a bucket of questions. I, I'm sure that you guys go through defining who is the bad bureaucracy and the good bureaucracy uh, in very particular ways, but there's still all the questions about what we have to worry about and who we have to worry about it coming well, from, as, as, I think, say- as I think is still going, but... Yeah. Mark. I'll say that I don't know if I I would distinguish a good or bad bureaucracy because I think inherently it's all bad. I think the way this kind of thing operates is it's a a system. It's like a costume, you know, different people put it on to play this role throughout history. And whoever, you know, is keen and wise enough to seek that kind of power figures out this technique and pursues it and whether it's the 13 families or the Sumerian kings or you know Alexander the Great or the Romans you know they're operating within this system of empirical right control the empire versus the person feudalism you know I think that uh that's really the seed of it it doesn't matter who or what takes that place it's it's the place itself it's the role itself that i think what you know what we're all aiming for but might get off track when we nail it down to the rothschilds or the skull and bones or you know these are all just different pieces of the same system cameron do you have the cogs in the big wheel yeah cameron do you have a different way of, of, of framing this man you know, maybe. Um, I mean, not to be one of uh, defending bureaucracy for the sake of bureaucracy, because obviously, you know, that can be a system that, you know, runs amok amongst itself. You know, Orson Welles points that out pretty well. Um, but 
you know, there is a role for a centralized governmental system. And, you know, somebody's got to make the trains run on time. Somebody's got to make sure your fucking food is safe. You know, somebody's got to make sure that highways are functional and somebody's got to show up when there's a damn fire. You know, I mean, the, the COVID rollout, not that they've done a great job of it, but, you know, getting 300 million vaccines to a highly disparate population across a vast land area requires some institutional bureaucracy. Now, you if know, I may... A system to get that out. Now, they're not doing it great. They could be more held accountable. There could be more sunshine. Uh, you know, we could get the money out of it and the money interests out of it better. Public funding of elections and, and more accountability, these sorts of things. Um, you know, but just to defend government a little bit, you know, there, there's a role for government to play in people's lives that does add a positive effect. So now oh that withstanding, how would you then explain within that, you know, one nation imposing itself on another? Because I think that is where the problem lies, because it's fine to have a government that's independent. But when one government says, hey, we're now in control of the whole world, I mean, getting back to the whole point, new world order, we're talking about total control. And, and over time, we've seen the Roman Empire try to do this. We've seen the American or the I'm sorry, the British Empire try to do this. The uh, Spanish Empire try to do this. The oh, French sure. Empire try to do British, this. You know, British so Empire. now... And then the American, you know, obviously now. So, and I think what we're talking about here is now it's evolving past the need to take a boat or a gun or a tank onto somebody's land. It's evolved past that. Now they're using this computer technology information to control everything, right? So I, I'm not against government at all. I'm not against uh, a functioning government that serves the people. I think that's what the Constitution uh, kind of tried to do. But right now, when we're talking about the new world order, we're talking about uh, an insidious force within government that seeks to manipulate other governments. I mean, that, you know, that is a different story, my friend. No, no, I, I hear you, you know, and, and I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not a fan of global imperialism by any stretch, you know, but I think I would argue it's less governmental control. And like I said, more of the corporatocracy at this point, you know, corporations have no fealty. Corporations sole purpose is to make money at all costs. And we know they will do it at all costs, you know, so that, but then when we analyze these corporations further, and we see that the people in the positions of power operating the wheels of these corporations have a pattern from which they're, you know, put in this place, right? For example, I'm not too far from uh, Yale University. It's a very prestigious university where a lot of people from all over the world come and they have a very selective group called Skull and Bones. And guess what? Two guys who were in that ran against each other in the 2004 election. So, you know, if you're telling me that that's just a coincidence and those guys were just so hardworking and they, you know, oh, not just, the slightest. But you was know, it Skull and Bones or was it the fact that they both had a silver spoon? sticking out of their ass i mean no, were well, they powerful because of skull and bones or did they join skull and bones because of legacy and, and, and because of money and, and that's that's where that's, that's the ca that's the like category like thing that's the category thing though too because now now you've you've talked about this the expanse of how long this has been going on for it's very obviously a a human thing and we've made different efforts to try to curtail that and i think some of the most effective have been through 
partnerships through through one group on one side of the border and the other group on the other side of the border saying, hey, we both have the same problem here. Maybe we can both get together. Maybe even watch each other's health. A World Health Organization, if you will. Well, uh, you know, the World Health Organization is so, very dangerous. And, and obviously they've been wrong so many times, even in this last little uh pandemic that we had but i mean i think that the 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 debate or the argument here is small government versus large government i don't think that there's many people that don't want any government at all because i mean you know these anarcho-capitalists who are, are oftentimes very smart um individuals but i mean like look at somalia that's what anarcho-capitalism is everyone just runs around and just grabs what they want um but i you know i wanted so, to get into this this little diagram real quick mark i wanted to get into this um this diagram that I'm looking at because Jen, you mentioned like how you feel like the media is controlling everything right now. And according to this little diagram that I have, which is a pyramid, the media is on this, this fourth bracket. And on the very bottom, we have like sports and entertainment. Uh, these are, these are ways that we're controlled. So on the, on the lowest level, sports and entertainment, uh, debt, taxes, labor, and then celebrities are these people and these entities and these, uh, you know, areas of government or uh, whatever you want to call it that are pushing influence on us at the lowest levels. But we see those the most directly above them. We have religion, science, education, media, and then the medical uh, industrial complex, if you want to call it that. And obviously, we're seeing a lot more of the media and the medical industrial complex right now. Um, religion and science seems to be a big debate, but even above that we have government, but there's two more levels above them. There's semi-secret societies along with banking and corporations. And then at the very top, we have like the elite secret societies, priesthoods and, uh, royalty. Um, so, I mean, we're seeing a lot again of the media and, and, you know, medical tyranny. And it seems like they're tying that in with technology. I, technology isn't included in, in with this uh, little diagram that I'm looking at here. But I mean, with the technocracy that we're seeing unfold, in my opinion, and I'm sure I shared that opinion with a few of you. Um, but I mean, what do you what do you think about that market looked like you had uh, something to say right away? Um, obviously, you know, you know, more about like the more esoteric aspects of why we would be led by people that have some sort of hidden knowledge that they just don't want to share with us. Um, but I mean, like, w what's your stance on on just how secret societies are, are hidden leaders here? Well, I would say that, you know, look no further than the class distribution, right? Classism, I think, is the root of it. And when government supports the elite over the you know lowest of society that is something to be noticed and it's clear in america where we have these wealthy established institutions that funnel a certain class of people into positions of power and it insulates that wealth and it robs people of the uh you know community do we have a uh, remaining meeting time is that <laughs> gonna be yeah sorry yeah, we'll, we'll just run a break yeah. you know we have we have some uh we have a great couple commercials that we're gonna air in, in our breaks and we'll just rejoin you <laughs> it's know cause, it's because we're it's because we're, we're poor white trash mark so we're gonna run out of time we're gonna have to cut it off and then start it up again uh with, with zoom no you're fine why don't mark yeah, thanks for making the me fourth feel bad wall. i'm sorry you're fine. I'm going to mark it anyways. Mark, what if you know where you were at, go ahead and hop right into it. We'll finish that point and then we'll come back with uh, 
with uh, uh, Ron and, and, and Legit. And we'll close it out for this one. Well, uh, I would say let's get Mark's point in here and then we'll stop it and then... Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll wrap it up real quick. I would say that um, I think government, it, you're not looking at the whole problem. I think class and uh, classism and how that operates in society is uh, is evident of this kind of control system, right? I mean, it's very obvious to me that there's uh, different opportunities for certain people. And we see the media try to portray it through race, as they always do. They try to take racism and make it the only problem people are concerned with when the real issue is classism. And you see that the people in poor communities are consistently taken advantage of by the social programs that are instilled by the government, the government which is helping the elite over and over. It's a proven track record. All the bankers get bailed out. All these people get bailed out right now with the uh, with the COVID BS. All these big companies are going to probably get some kind of relief from, from Biden. Do you think that's going to go down to the small shops? No, not at all. So yeah, that's where I land on that is classism, man. I think you can't really... Uh, take that out of the picture that's inherent to the problem it's kind of like how blm just totally got the cold shoulder from the biden harris administration after they got elected um ron go ahead uh no i i mean i kind of agree with mark uh on that uh they want to divide they want to divide everybody i mean uh you know they got the elites and then you got you know us us types like uh, brandon calls the bourgeoisie right the middle class and they're just trying to eliminate the middle class, you know, uh, and they and, and they don't want to do anything for us. I mean, I'm a, I'm a self-employed business owner and I've gotten zero help. I've gotten I've never got a bailout back when uh, when the uh, all the banks were getting their bailouts. Small business never got a bailout. We're the ones that got hurt worse than the banks did. And and they just want to it's, it's like it all comes down to the old cliche divide and conquer. Right. They got us fighting each other. Uh, conservatives fighting leftists uh you know then you got the whole blm thing and the antifa thing and and them fighting against anybody now they want to re-educate all of the trump supporters you know put them in camps i mean it's just all this craziness is going on in the same time we're, we're dealing with this covert uh bs as mark says it's exactly what it is and uh i mean just look at all the stuff that's coming up just recently uh, Fauci. Oh, now you got to wear two masks. Well, wait a second. All these governors, Cuomo, uh, the mayor of Chicago, uh, Beetlejuice, Lightfoot, and Newsom, they're all <laughs> saying, well, we got to open these states up. We can't wait for the vaccine. We got to, you know, we got to get everything opened up. And, and Chicago wants to open up everything because there's too many sex parties going on. But the problem is, is right when all the numbers are coming down, what are they doing now? Oh, yeah. we got the new variant. Go back to being scared. Go back to being scared. We got this new uh, variant. We got the English variant. Now we got the Brazil variant. We got the South African variant. Yeah, and who knows what other variant's going to come up? You know, you know, next week. Uh, there's no wear proof two of masks, that either. Oh, got to wear two masks. So, there's no proof yeah, of no, the, there is the no new variant. There's no proof of the, the. There's no fucking proof of the original COVID. So how well, can they prove proof that there's a variant? I just remember when you guys were talking about that the last day that we would be talking about COVID at all was November 4th. 
Uh, that, that seems like a like a dream long gone. Long For sure. Yeah. Well, and you know what? This is why we have governors like in, like Cuomo and like Newsom that are saying we need to open businesses back up mm-hmm. is because Orange Man's out. And back to Ron's point before we jump to legit bat real quick is that, um, you know, when these big institutions get bailed out, they give that to like their highest paid board members and like branch managers and things like that. And like there's that saying like capitalism works just fine until socialism needs to bail it out. It is exactly that. Socialism, they give the money to the rich people. They don't give it to the middle class working people and they don't give it to the independent business owners. Uh, in my opinion, you know, it, it's tough running your own business. It always will be. And quite frankly, it should be tough running a, a, a your own business because um, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Right. We always fucking heard that bullshit. But I mean, I think that it is it, it is something that uh, it's it's sort of a wall of um, creating a good business model and, and just standing behind your work which more increasingly we're starting to see that these elite uh, major corporations just don't have to do. They're never held accountable. But Joe and Jen, uh, finish this off before we get to our first break. Yeah, we only got four minutes, but I don't have a whole lot to say. I wanted to kind of piggyback off of what Mark said. Um, The classism, I don't see a better example of that than the whole GameStop AMC thing. Um, These hedge funds have been doing that forever shorting the stocks and um screwing the little guy out of everything and as soon as the little guy steps up and goes hey fuck you we're gonna do that too they're like wait a minute you can't trade anymore and it just shows some uh collaboration with you know robin hood or whatever else that we're stopping the sales on that where they're like oh shit they're doing the same thing that we do but we we make the money not you like what's going on here yeah. and they just pr- prove pr- like pr- it's a rig system yeah, it's, it just it seemed very rigged. I, I've never been into the market that much, but lately the last couple of weeks I've been way more interested. Obviously, because I'm like, have fun. Wait, we can step on some toes. Let's do it. I'm tending to think and, that uh, that's Brandon, a you said, that you said that we. Oh, go no, go ahead. I was just saying I think that's a sign. Oh, no, yeah, go ahead. No. <laughs> There's a delay, I guess. So <laughs> Brandon said that we said that it was gonna. COVID would go away after November 4th, but I specifically said that it was going to get worse way before because Biden has to save the day. Like it has to be bad. It has to be like the worst COVID we've ever seen so that Biden and Kamala can be like, we've got you guys. It's going to be okay. I think it's definitely going to get worse or maybe, I don't know, two masks, three masks, who knows? Or at least face shields and a mask. But it's, it's still getting worse every day. I hear about the new COVID strains. I I think COVID is probably a real thing. It's just sad that they took advantage of probably a real disease just to see how much they could control. No, you're right. You're definitely right. I mean, like, I'm not saying that COVID is not real. And it's just interesting when you see the flip flop from when right away from what I saw, more conspiracy minded people were concerned about it in the beginning. Like, this is a thing that we've talked about several times. Brandon was about to go to Disneyland uh, with his family here. And I was like, dude, you shouldn't go. And and then he's like, no, fuck it. We're going to go. It's because, you know, uh, it was there wasn't any proof yet. And uh, I I feel like, you know, today, today you're telling me I should have gone. You should have gone. You know what I mean? But they closed it down and you trust them closing that down. Right. So the party of science is willing to kind of go out. And, and experience uh, whatever they want to do uh, until they start hearing from their, uh, you know, qualified leaders that say, 
Um, you know, well, now we, we need to close down Disneyland. We need to shut down uh, international travel, which, you know, Trump was doing very early on, but was called racist when Pelosi and in Italy, they had hug a Chinese person day. I mean, if this is a real thing coming from China, what are we talking about here? Yeah, so it's called hug a Chinese. I didn't even say I didn't see person <laughs> attached to it at all. Did anyone it's ask just, if they wanted to be hugged? I'm just hug curious. A Chinese. So many Italians posted pictures of themselves hugging a Chinese person. So I have tons of pictures. There's one very cute one where this little, I guess, Italian girl, she's white, hugging a little Chinese girl, and they're so cute. And that that is plastered on everything I've seen. They're like, so look at these two little kids loving on each other. See, you can yeah. hug a Chinese. It's okay. You won't get the COVID. Right? I mean, like, so just the the idea of just trying to not uh, put a stigma on a culture. I mean, it, it's, sometimes stigmas are put there for a reason, right? I mean, there was no problem uh, with, with putting a stigma against, like, Nazi Germany, especially today. Um, I'm not I'm not saying that the that the Chinese uh, the CCP is similar to the Nazi regime. I'm not trying to get into those kinds of conversations right now. Um, they kind of are because, you know, they do have some Muslims in uh, concentration camps, the Uyghurs over there. It's a very well-known thing. So, I mean, we, we could actually say that they're very much like the Nazis trying to work people to death, essentially. And people may argue that this is because of capitalism where capitalist uh, countries are exporting their jobs and the work into these uh, communities and into these countries where, you know, they can make people work for for two cents a day uh, getting lithium for electronic car batteries and things like this. Um, But I mean, it, it just it goes to show how political correctness very much can get in the way of common sense when you're trying to say that there's no such thing as gender, but then you celebrate the first female referee in the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, it's very contradictive, right? Uh, so with that being said, I mean, I'll just open the floor up to whoever wants to, to jump in. Um, I mean, Mark, Cameron, Ron, uh, Joe, Ed, Jen, anyone that wants to just hop in, just comment on, on what you think about all this madness. I hate um, defining... Uh, I hate saying this. It makes It's so controversial, but I hate defining people as like a color or where they're from or what it's fine to do that but people take that and then make negative assumptions I guess and then I just feel like it doesn't fucking matter what you look like it doesn't matter where you're from you should look at people for how they are and that sounds simple but nobody does that and then people take any sort of negativity and then blasted in the media to just act like people are racist because they said this or that. It's just super well, frustrating. That's so kind I, of what I was saying with the uh, the I posted on Instagram that that exact thing the the first female ref. I don't understand why they're making a big deal about that when gender is fluid and it doesn't matter. They they spend so much time talking about how it doesn't matter what gender you are or what color you are, then they make a big fucking deal about the first female ref i get it she's the first one congratulations she's probably awesome i mean tom brady won which by the way he's a racist for winning during black history month i think we talked about that last night on the uh live stream in black history month so get over it but if you want to make it it's just yeah it's too contradictory (laughs) you can either make it a really big deal and celebrate it or make it not a big deal at all you can't do both 
but they're trying to do exactly that is making it a huge deal but nothing that's why it's confusing work brandon that's what you have to say about well that's uh, hold on i mean like my favorite thing about that side is like when you when you when everything can be offensive like when uh they want urinals in women's bathrooms uh, or they want uh, urinals taken out of men's bathrooms more specifically. Urinals are much more economically friendly, but uh, not everyone can pee in a urinal safely, right? I mean, like women, I, they're going to spray all over the place they if they those, try to I guess, pee te- in a urinal. Techno optimist, though, they have those funnels, though. Haven't you seen those funnels? Yeah, I'm sure uh, <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow or whoever comes out with them. But I mean, like when you're talking about, like, do we care about the environment more or do we care about people's feelings more? Uh, I love that when they get in this predicament where it's like, let's get rid of urinals, but wait, urinals waste less water. I think this, so, it, it's I, funny. I think it though comes from a bad faith argument. I mean, we are, we are, it's very, very similar to race and I hate how these things get wrapped up, but it is a classist thing to bring it back to, to that classist concern oh, is this where funny? looking, yeah, oh. looking back, we need to recognize that people saw people differently based on what gender they were based on what race they were. And the better trend is that continuously moving forward, we don't see that as much. That, however, doesn't leave us uh, um, um, not to blame for some of the disparities that occurred when we did think that there were differences. And so you can have both at the same time. And even though things seem contradictory, I think they, they seem more contradictory when you put them in the, well, I don't believe in that bullshit anyways, what ends up then happening when you say that is you do still still, still uh, see people as gendered and as racist. Well, that's because they kind of are. Like, there's um some people that are women and some people that are men. There's some people that want to be men, some people that want to be women. So I should... how I see them, how they appear to me, like if I see a black dude, I'm not going to be like, oh, you know what? He probably identifies as a small asian boy <laughs> yeah i think we should acknowledge differences and that's completely fine acknowledging the difference we're but... different that's awesome that's what makes us human yeah <laughs> for sure for sure and it's not i i should reword that it's not to say that moving forward we just act like we're blind but we we move forward at least thinking okay there's there is a there has been historically a problem with this group the the way that they've been treated by the upper class the same people that you guys are are, are really critical of and and good on you for that but that's uh moving forward they're 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 at least their entry to whatever field that they're talking about should be less concerned with that gender so it's not a, it's not an erasing of it you know um it, as no, far I, as whenever, I agree yeah. I, I totally agree with that but the problem is placing the blame on us like we had something to do with their misclassification of something that's not us like everybody here is kind of on the same page with that why were we, why do we have to bring up what happened you know 50 100 years ago it sucked yeah we moved on from there we're all kind of in agreement here that somebody can be whatever they want to be so we don't need to to continue that we don't need to continue you know the sins of our forefathers by continually bringing this up we can just move on and be like, yeah, you can be whatever you want. You want to think you're a Lego truck? Okay, cool. That's fine. I I have no problem with that. Yeah, that shit kind of lives <laughs> on if you keep talking about it, right? I mean, it's just like you, it's and you never yeah. you never move on. But I mean, Mark, I, I know that you kind of uh, – you have some ideas, I'm sure, on how – 
like this whole trans agenda and like demasculating men and this whole idea of toxic masculinity, how that could potentially be the downfall of the United States. And, um, you know, we have places like Russia and China who are trying to masculinize their men um, when, when we're kind of told to do the opposite. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I have really limited thoughts on all of that as far as any chemical being polluted into the water that's maybe leading to you know, certain hormones being triggered in men and certain hormones being triggered in women. I think that research has been established. I mean, there's the whole atrazine thing with uh, with the frogs. And obviously that turned into a whole debacle of Alex Jones mocking it and creating this. They're turning meme. The yeah. And that all that did was delegitimize the true fact that there are chemicals in our water supply and in our food that can be detrimental to our health. I think that's the overall issue and the problem with this conversation in general, not any of you guys, but just as someone kind of who hears this conversation a lot, this kind of cultural debate of one side's values versus another values all we're doing is playing into that whole divide and conquer thing i think that at the end of the day there's no side that's right or wrong it's which side is playing the hand of the overarching agenda right so if the overarching agenda is to depopulate humanity they're going to use the liberals they're going to use the conservatives it doesn't matter you know it really doesn't matter and the fact is the more we engage in this kind of conversation the more we turn off people from even entertaining any conspiratorial thoughts because they hear something like this and they think like, oh, these people are against trans. These people are against race A, B or C. And it's like, no, we're just taking a logical approach to this conversation. Obviously, we all know that. But to an untrained ear, that's not what they're going to perceive. And I'm more concerned with getting a kind of education emphasis on this whole edutainment conspiracy podcasting you know, genre, at least that's what I try to present. And as far as I'm concerned, I mean, whether you want to be gay, trans, whatever, that's ultimately up to you. But when your decision is influenced by a company that wants to make money off of your dependence on that chemical, that's a different debate. So we're framing the conversation as should there be trans or should there not be trans when really that's not it at all. The fact is there's been transsexuals throughout time. I mean, all the way back to ancient cultures. So I have no problem with someone identifying however they please. But the fact is, is if you're letting a chemical being, you know, sold to you by a company who's manipulating your culture in order to make that chemical more palatable for you, that's, I think that's the real issue that we're talking about is, is why are these chemicals being pushed on us? What's the overarching agenda? And sure, demasculization of uh, the alpha male is fitting towards this kind of new world order because who is going to stand up first other than the alpha males of the uh, species? I mean, that's that's kind of how, you know, 
instincts work, right? I mean, men and women play different yeah. roles within uh, the species. And I think men kind of have been pushed into this corner of being weakened to think that when they're bold and when they're aggressive, that they're dangerous or they're questionable or they're, you know, weird. And, and they do this kind of insidiously through the culture. Uh, I mean, I'm not someone who's researched this, but I can concur that this whole thing with, uh, you know, what's her name? Stein, whatever, the uh, CIA chick that got this whole feminism movement going. I mean, the reality is, is that was all just to make women enmeshed into the, uh, you know, job market, right? When real no, feminism- I, was, I totally I'm pretty sure you're talking to Gloria Steinem, and I think a big yeah, part of what you. it was is that she thought women should be able to do things other than be a teacher or be a nurse. Yeah, uh, but the problem was- will be things other than a teacher or a nurse. Yeah, and, and so, that's, and that's the problem is that's- Into business and into more, you know, roles of authority, which I think, you know, in an egalitarian society, that's a good thing. Yeah, and I agree with that. But when you look at the larger picture and you see that she was funded by the CIA to impose this kind of Marxist feminism that only served to take women out of the nuclear family where their role as a mother is stronger because it's, you know, multiplied by the strength of the father, right? Whereas now they're incentivizing, incentivizing these women to be single mothers. I mean, that's what happened. Like, oh, you can be it on your own. You can do it on your own. You're a strong woman. But all that did was leave these people in the poor communities, like we talked about earlier, with uh, disenfranchised homes where the father's not around, the mother's left to, you know, raise the children on her own. And the state incentivized that with these social programs. So I think that, you know, feminism was just kind of the boot to get that program installed. That, that's all it was. And now you see, now it's being used to over-sexualize, right? Oh, you own your body, your body, your choice. Go ahead, show it to the world. And what is that doing? It's devaluating the, uh, you know, the again, the family bonds and, and this kind of cohesion that we need to be strong, healthy people. You sound I, like a, I, a terrorist to me. <laughs> I think the breakdown of the nuclear family is one of their goals, personally. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, they want, and like you say, with Gloria Steinem, you know, with the feminism uh, movement, I took that as, uh, all right, these moms that are home not working, well, we can't tax them for being a a, a, a housewife. So let's get them into the workforce so we can tax them tax their income there'd be more money for us and and little johnny and little sally you know where mm -hmm. they go after school well they got to go to daycare well mom needs to pay for daycare so mm -hmm. so mom and dad have to pay for daycare well where's mom and dad who's raising the kids now so i mean i mean it's just a whole the whole thing is, is like what you said mark it just it was to push these social programs and the demasculating of men i mean is that part of the depopulation agenda you know, uh, I mean, they don't, you know, if they want men to be more effeminate, I mean, women that want to have kids, they're going to be attracted more to an alpha male. You know, I mean, I've always growing up, I mean, I was always a kind of a tough guy. I always considered myself an alpha male. And I've had plenty of men and women tell me that, you know, I was an alpha male. And you I couldn't too, imagine man. myself being any different. I mean, I mean, I couldn't imagine myself being different. 
I mean, I've always been kind of a natural born leader type of a person. Uh, but I see, I see guys out there now and it's like, yeah, th- this guy doesn't know if he's wants to be gay or if he wants to be straight or, or he looks like he's straight, but, but, but he acts gay. I mean, I mean, it, it, and I don't dick. care. It, and I don't care. I don't care if you're gay, trans. I, I don't care about any of that. I always believed in letting people be individuals. You know, if that's what you want to do, that's great. Don't push it on to me. Don't make me have to change my view of things to suit you. You chose to do that. Uh, and I'm not going to give you any shit for it because I because I don't care. I mean, you do you, right? Uh, but don't tell me I can't be an alpha male because that's but just not going to work out. Th- th- this, is, this is very much, I think, it's, it sounds like the I'm not uh, or I don't want any violence. But when push comes to shove, it's time to to rush the capital. It sounds like Ron, you're quoting, like you're you're talking about. Look at, at these people who are sort of femme, uh, and then and then saying, but uh, but I don't care about them. I mean, you do you see how how the other side sees how you you first point out that there are those differences, and then you you sure you sugarcoat it with, oh, I don't really care about that, but. It's like everything that's said before the word "but" doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like you're you're pointing it out as an example here. I guess I'm not following you. Yeah, I I'm don't saying- know if that was. I don't know if that was even what Ron was saying, Brandon. I'm not sure that we're. I think the overall thing is that the argument gets framed as me versus you, my value versus your values, and that's not that's not it. The agenda is incentivizing those social programs and demasculating men and all this. That's a byproduct of it. And like Ron said, if you want to be an individual and make those choices on your own, that's fine. But we're talking about when a government that our tax money goes to is pushing that onto people. That's that's a different story. I mean, that's a whole different story. I I don't understand that you has has have thought trains of thought that track it back to and this is the nwo's doing and that's the real people that we're fighting against but you when you when you cite when you cite though this is a proof this is a proof look how fucked up fucked up this is this is not this is not so because i'm not i'm not saying the nwo you know got to your local rite aid and is pushing that i'm saying that they have put in place a system through indoctrination right compartmentalization and need to know basis that allows these companies to push whatever drug they want and that's a byproduct of it so if we're going to go down to the root of the problem it's not whether i'm a bigot or you're a bigot it's whether or not the corporatocracy like cameron said is pushing something on us and manipulating us into an unhealthy lifestyle why would they want us to live in an unhealthy lifestyle i don't know maybe because their medical industry you know what did you call it uh Ryan, the medical industrial complex, right? That wants to keep you sick in order to sell you the drugs to just keep you, you know, living just enough, you know, to where you're not really feeling great, but you're not feeling that bad. And then it all comes to an end. And I mean, look at some of these people. I'm related to people who have put their whole trust and faith into the medical industry and it's done them nothing but wrong. I mean, they, they end up feeling weak and sick and old and 
that's not how people in the blue zone live. You know, people who have been, you know, researched to leave, you know, lead the longest lives in the world, right? They're eating healthy foods. They're not relying on big pharma. They're not relying on, you know, chemicals. And the yeah. same argument goes for the trans people. There are indigenous trans sexual people in indigenous cultures in throughout ancient history they didn't need big pharma to sell them some kind of hormone to make that choice so i think ron and i are just saying that you know it doesn't have to come down to this moral argument of like me versus you or you can do this and you can't do this it's the corporate you know manipulation that's the real problem it's the freedom to make your own choice of how you want to live what you want to live by um, you know, the fact that like horrible fattening foods with tons of trans fat are so cheap and they're easily accessible. And, you know, we share a grandma that is getting up there in age, but she is very, very mobile. She broke her hip like three years ago and recovered in like two months. Um, you know, she she's going to probably outlive me realistically. I mean, the, the woman is, you know, all about eating healthy. She doesn't drink. Uh, you know, and and that is a big part of it. And to your point, like with the chemicals that are being pushed um, with this pandemic, water fountains are closed down um, and, and we're forced to kind of drink from plastic bottles if we're out and about throughout the day. And there it's proven that, um, you know, there is chemicals in plastic that uh, decrease male tes- testosterone. So, I mean, you know, that's just another thing where it's like an attack on on anyone that can resist in the future and as we know um you know these people uh, when we're talking about like the new world order and these uh you know elitists that kind of want to overrun the world they are very very much willing to play the long game so i mean you know there's there's no uh waiting isn't a, isn't a problem for them but uh i mean joe jen ron anyone wants to jump in go for it hey you know uh I, I heard something interesting on another show that uh, you know that there's only two countries in the world that allow pharmaceuticals to advertise on television. And that's United States and New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand of all places, right? But but you see, and I think this this uh, uh, the the uh, what do you call it? The medical industrial complex. Like they, they have these ads on television and, and these people aren't stupid. They know how to market, right? Well, if you're feeling this or if you do this or if you think you're having that. Are you notify breathing? Your, not, notify Ask your doctor. your doctor if this is right for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Here's the thing. My yeah, doctor so, should be the one telling me whether I need something or not. Yeah. Well, you know, I was feeling I was feeling pretty good till I saw that commercial. Maybe I ought to call my doctor <laughs> because, you know, I have this little twitch in my nuts. And maybe I should call my doctor and uh, take, you know, whatever medication that's going to help that out. Well, they're not uh, selling a cure. They're, they're selling a problem that they already have the solution to. It's like a classic Hegelian dialectic of they create the yeah. problem. They already have the solution. Here's your reaction. All right. We have the solution. Look at that. And then they give you a list of symptoms that are horrible and sometimes worse than what you even have. Do you suffer They're from like acid reflux? Pissing, shitting, bleeding, and dying. We Those have are the, side effects. We have the solution, hey, but you ask might your doctor die. if this is right for you. Or, or but, here's the funny. Here's, here's the one I like. Uh, let's uh, just make up a med. I won't use a real name. Uh, uh, if you're on Cayman Jack, don't take Cayman Jacks if you're allergic to Cayman Jacks. Yeah. Like, yeah. How do you well, know? 
Well, how are you supposed to know if you're allergic to it to take it? So, so, and maybe no you shit. should be taking. So, so I don't do meds at all. I don't take meds. I don't believe in meds. Uh, I'll take an Advil once in a while if I'm in super pain, and it, and I, and I'm in pain a lot. So, uh, but I'm gonna start doing the CBD. I was doing the CBD, and it's like, yeah, there's no need to take any of that other stuff now. Uh, and and there's just you know, and that goes right back down to the new world order, right? Why but, why is why is hemp hemp still illegal? You know, let's uh, let's expand on that a little more thoroughly because when we say you know that they cause the problem and then provide the solution, I think that maybe generalizes it a little too much because the larger issue is that people used to go local with everything their food their medicine everything was go local so first of all if you're going local with your food in you know pre monsanto times when there's no chemicals on the food you're probably not feeling any of these inflammation related diseases so that's not really a problem so whatever issues that come about whether it's flu or other things that might happen seasonally there was a person in the community who knew which foods or which herbs or which plants that you can use to fix that ailment right that's how medicine functioned in general in most communities and it still does in, in indigenous communities right. today now the separation came when corporations businesses decided that they were going to take things like sugar and things like syrups you know oils all these things and mass produce them commercialize them and medicine followed suit and what they've done is a uh, work of alchemy right they've taken these whole natural things and they've concentrated down you know to more finite more potent you know, things. And that's good in some senses. It's given us some advantages. But in other senses, I think what it's done is it's uh, it's taken our connection to the earth away from us. And I think that's where the biggest sickness lies. And I think that uh, they're basically just taking a, a living thing, killing it, and then giving it back to you as if it's supposed to help you. And ultimately, it doesn't. And I think that people can find more benefit from organic and natural medicines. Okay, okay, so so so, like so hippie. Sorry, Ron. You sound like right. a classic hippie, though. That's what hippies used to be about. Is like natural remedies. Now the the hippie left is like, no, it's all about science. It's like things have flip flopped, and they're like, no, you got to trust the priests in the white robes. Anyway, sorry, Ron. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I kind of lost my little train of thought there, Joe. Uh, right, oh, I know what it was. Okay, okay. So you talk about sicknesses and inflammation-based sicknesses, right? <clears throat> what the hell is going on with this whole, you know, uh, the celiac disease? We'll use that as one example. Right. The uh, <laughs> it, it, the intolerance to gluten. I'll tell people you why. Have, pe people have been, well, I'm going to go over that. People have been eating <laughs> gluten for freaking literally thousands of years. And now, now we're, we're getting grains that have been, you know, sprayed with glyphosate, which is Roundup. Uh, soybeans, everything, you know, everything's made out of soybeans and everything. And now all of a sudden, uh, since, since all that's been going on, now people are getting sensitized to, uh, to gluten. I mean, it's just like, it's just like Mark said, and we talked about this in a previous show, things need to go back local. People need to grow their own grains. There was a gentleman in this town 
that bought an old farm and he restored the farm and he he restored the grist mill. You know that the state will not give him a license to grind people's grains to make flour for the locals. They won't give him a license to do that. And I mean, and there is absolutely no reason why he couldn't get a license to do this. And because of people like, well, if I brought you my uh, grains or my barley, and I mean, rye is still a big crop in New England. Uh, I, I mean, it's too bad we can't get a little of that ergot, you know, because a little ergot could be fun on occasion. But uh, but yeah, why would could we bring our grains to this guy? He could grind them in his grist mill, and we could have our own flour without glyphosate on it, and all the pesticides or whatever, and make our bread and eat that. And I bet that if you have a gluten intolerance, yeah, you're not going to have that problem with with grains that are grown locally, right? It's the same thing with the meat. You you know, uh, you know, you could have people raise your hogs for you, raise your raise your cattle for you. Uh, I mean, I mean, it, it can be done, and that's really what needs to be done. Is is if you have communities that have, uh, you know, agriculture, you know, Joe Blow can grow tomatoes. This guy can grow lettuce. This guy can grow that, and and everybody just have farm stands like it used to be in the old days. And I bet if that happened over five, 10 years, you will see a lot of these diseases that are going on now and the sicknesses that are going on now totally disappear. So I think there's two things though going on though. Is that, well, I think what you're describing, Mark and Ron, is a commune. I, I don't think that that's too far off of it. I mean, we've become now bureaucracies to make- Pastoral agriculture. I don't think it has anything to do with government. It's just called agriculture, Brandon. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying, no, no. A, yeah, a, a, yeah a Brandon's going is, communism. A, 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 that's no, that's a, Brandon's angle. No, no, no. A, a commune can exist inside of capitalism, each outside. Their needs, each according to their ability? Abs- absolutely. And and also, I hope that you guys aren't measuring the connectedness of a person to the earth by their lifespan. Because while it used to be all green and, and hippie back then, people were also living to an average of 34 years. That's mostly happening because the overwhelming amount of children are dying. Like Where did you super- get that number? 34 years. Where'd you get that number? If, if we can, we can source it. We can, we can source it if you want. Yeah, we can, we can source it source if you it. want, but you, but yeah, but you can also say, you can also just look at the, the, uh, lifespan and then the, uh, just no, the amount listen, of people I've, on the I've earth heard that and it's a, it's, heard... a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a huge slant. I'm not saying that everyone lived to only 34 years. It's averaged because of the huge amount of, of children dying young in, in oh, horrendous <sighs> pain, pain a lot of the time from malnutrition, by the way. Listen, Roman Empire, Chinese Empire, these people, it's recorded. They've lived 70, 80 years in ancient times. So Absolutely. don't give me this exactly. No, 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 I agree. No, I agree with that. <laughs> I'm saying the average lifespan was much lower that's, because there were more children. But that's because people yes. were dying in childbirth and it throws the whole average down. Yes, that's, yes, yeah, that's exactly. What he, and that, and that, and that, and that goes, said, Mark. And that's that's goes toward, that goes towards malnutrition yeah. and absence of medical care. Absent of medical care from someone yeah, other than a shaman. Listen, I don't think, I mean, there's, listen, I'm not a female, so I, I can't really speak on this. And the only female just left. So uh, maybe, you know, but anyways, I think that <laughs> there's, uh, 
there's definitely some evidence to show that people have much healthier births outside of a hospital setting. So to say that, uh, you know, hospitals and modern medicine has come in and as this big savior and, and helped childbirth, I just maybe in the sense that we're no longer living in shit ridden cities and not washing our hands uh, between surgeries. Yeah, maybe that had something to do with it. But uh, I think that, you know, sanitation has nothing to do with medication. I think sanitation is a completely separate issue and might have more to do with the reason why people, you know, were, were dying uh, in childbirth. I'm not an expert on any of that. That's just my supposition. But yeah. hey, hey, you want you guys want to hear something and this is something locally that I have knowledge of. Uh, when Brandon talks about uh, commune, uh, communal living, right? So are you people familiar with the Shakers? Yeah. What do you mean you people? Okay. <laughs> you yeah. people. No, the Shakers, <laughs> the Shakers were uh, communal. Uh, uh, what do you want to say? It? They were, there was a com communal society, communal society. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they were actually Quakers. So, if you go through the woods from my house about two miles, we have the one of the biggest Shaker villages in the world or in this country, uh, right here in Canterbury, New Hampshire, which is the next town over from where I am. Uh, and I've toured that. I used to help chaperone the kids from the elementary school and the Cub Scouts and stuff, and we would go up there and take the tours. Amazing how these people did this. They, they raised all their own food all their own dairy, all their own grains. They had acres and acres and acres of fields uh, where they raised all their own crops. Uh, and, uh, and the odd thing about this, the Shakers was is that they were celibate, right? So, so the men lived in one building. The women lived in another building. They lived in dormitories. They were all treated as equals. Uh, and it was, a pretty, it was a pretty cool setup. It was a really cool setup. I urge anybody that's interested in that do research on the shakers uh and they, and they got their name from uh they were quakers and then they would get into these uh get themselves all what i call tuned up or you know into a frenzy and they yeah. would go into doing this doing this funky dance so that's how they got their name they were called the shaking quakers and then that changed <laughs> to the shakers but the it's rollers, a, it's but a yeah. really interesting thing so so being communal Actually, it's not a bad idea. I think it could work. And uh, and We're I think that that's direction. what a lot of these small little towns really should go back to, to living like that. We're heading in that direction where we're going to, you know, get back to some sort of a bartering system. I think like, you know, the, the confidence in the dollar is going to completely crash, um, you know, especially with this new administration. I do feel like the dollar isn't going to be the base currency of the world like it has been for quite some time. Um, and, and quite frankly, I don't know if it should be, you know, um, this is why cryptocurrency has skyrocketed in popularity as of lately is because, you know, we're printing the dollar like crazy. People are starting to wake up to the fact that China actually owns most of our debt. So, you know, this gets back into the globalism idea where, you know, when, when, someone is controlling your money supply and how much you're allowed to print. Um, you don't think that the fed kind of like gets with China just to make sure that like, Hey, is it okay if we do this quantitative easing to keep propping the stock market up? Or, I mean, like th there's obviously some sort of collusion going on 
with this private entity, which we call the Fed, and powerful powerful world governments. Um, I mean, at this point, to me, it's undeniable. So, you know, uh, there was so much in there. I had like 20 points that I, I wanted to add on. But I just, you know, things go in one ear and I just forget. Um, Mark, you made some great points. Cameron, um, you know, everyone here made made some really interesting uh, points. But where do we think this is going? And, uh, you know, why why uh, are we heading in a bad direction or why are we heading in a good direction? I have a feeling, um, uh, uh, you know, Cameron and Brandon, I, I, I'm assuming that you feel like we're heading in a good direction. Um as a as a world maybe uh, you know i don't want to put words in your mouth but i want to get everyone's opinion just before we close out on our big 100th here um and i, I want to start with you mark just because you know i'm just going to go in order from how how we're going so we'll go uh ron i'm sorry uh mark um cameron joe jen and then ron um but i mean where do you think we're heading what do you think the end game is and uh if there's any way that we can fight back other than just like you know, commune uh, and bartering type systems. Um, if that is what you think, uh, just what, what's what are your finishing thoughts here? Well, I would say that everybody's on their own path in life, and we all need to improve ourselves. And through improving ourselves, the world around us is going to improve. And whether that means you know going and supporting your local farmer or getting involved with your local government, I think that's the most you can do when you get overwhelmed with global this and global that i mean yeah you should be aware of what's going on in the world as it pertains to you and what how it might affect you but you know you can only affect what's around you so moving forward you got to find your path and uh if that means researching all these weird conspiracies so be it you know but um yeah yeah every everybody's got their own stick in life, man. I think that ultimately it doesn't matter though, because I personally believe that my soul is going to go on to another life after this. So whether the globalists, you know, chop my head off because I have free speech or I live in, and, you know, become an old man like Ron here, uh, you know, so be it. (laughs) Shots at the old guy. I like it. With all due respect, Ron. No, you know, and that's honestly that that's solid, solid thoughts, because I mean, that's one thing that I really do appreciate you bringing to the table is you have a very wide variety of knowledge when it comes to this kind of shit. You know what I mean? It's it's undeniable that I think that, um, you know, it's fascinating how these different cultures have lived. And it's essentially the United States has taken a little piece of each culture and, and created uh, what some people may call the worst culture uh, or the worst country or the worst state or whatever you want to call it. And some people may call it the greatest. Um, I am in the latter half of, of that group. But Cameron, what, what do you think about uh, the same question that I, that I asked Mark there? Yeah, that's a pretty broad question. I mean, I, I appreciate Mark's sentiment that, you know, we're, we're kind of all in this together and we should all, you know, strive towards, you know, helping each other, making the world a better place. I mean, I think that's great. Um, you know, on a personal level, you know, I guess as far as our political situation, yes, I think things have improved and I think our standing in the world has improved. Oh I boy. I think we, well, just, uh, as far as our, our, our political and, and, uh, international relations go, let's put it that way. You know, personally, I, I wish I was as optimistic oh as Mark. I, I would love to be, but frankly, 
there's way too many fucking people on this planet and there's only going to be more and more of them. We have finite resources. Prove it. We're burning the hell out of this shit. And if Thanks, we don't make Gates. some big fucking changes really <laughs> fucking quick, in about 50 years, we're going to be real sorry. Fly over, fly over the United States and take a look out the window and tell me we're overpopulated. It doesn't have to be <laughs> a full. It doesn't have to be a full chessboard for the chessboard to be torn apart before the pawn gets to the end of the board, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear that we're using, you know, our resources and and you know our way more than our share of global resources. I mean, you know, that's clear in the sense that we contribute twenty five percent of the world's, you know, global, uh, you know, greenhouse gases. And no, we do we do seven seven percent. That's a fact. It's uh, India and China do eighty eight percent. So there's no twenty five percent available for, that's, that's for not the cool United either, States. But, you know, I mean, you know, we're going to be in fucking water world here pretty quick if we don't like make some serious changes. So uh, I'd like to be more optimistic, but um, yeah, no, I, I don't think we're going to turn the corner on this. I really don't. I don't think there's going to be enough agreement. This is where one of those things where it needs to be a global program. And um, frankly, we're not we're not capable of doing that. Sorry. So, do, are, are you willing, Cameron, to give up your guns, give up your uh, meat, give up your tobacco, give up all of your things that you hold dear for the world to be a better place? Because we will stand behind you if I you are. I don't think you have to. First of all, I don't uh, well, I mean, that. if we're going to limit resources, I would I would definitely argue that we all have to give up the things that. That that take up a lot of resources. We can make our own no, meat. We I can ca- capture our, our own carbon. carbon. I mean, yeah, you know, that's sort of yeah. a, a straw man argument that you have to give up something in order to transition into a more sustainable future. Well, are you, you know, willing I mean, to give yeah, up yeah, your guns? Stuff, uh, you know, cheap, are you, are you willing to food, agro-industrial you know, complex? That's the, the part of the root of cause of, of many of our health problems, frankly. Yeah. Um, you know, but we, there are many technologies that we can engage with nowadays and certain personal lifestyle changes that we could all do on a personal level. We could all take a little more responsibility and make a little more effort to, uh, you know, put things in a more positive trajectory. And I'm just not sure we're all capable of doing that. Are you willing to give up your guns? I'll just start with that. Guns. Just giving up the guns because that is something that the left is very, very fond of, the idea of. Are you willing to do that? It's kind of a bad argument, too. I haven't actually heard anybody say you have to give up your gun. Yeah, I, I mean, they, Beto O'Rourke is part of the uh, Biden administration. What did he say? That they want to take your AR-15s. Okay, so there's, you can have other guns, though? No, anything that is... they. I mean, do you... like? So they want to get rid of semi-automatics, which is a pistol. It's necessary. I mean, basically every kind of gun. It's a simple yes or no question. Are you willing to give up your guns in order for the 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 one world government to kind of uh, just progress and make our lives better? That's not a loaded question at all, Cameron. Just answer it honestly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you to give up your guns. They're saying that they want to restrict certain access for certain people. You know, that's a whole different thing. Mentally ill people shouldn't have fucking weapons. Just like people who can't drive shouldn't, you know zip down the freeway at 90 miles an hour because they're a danger to the rest of us. What is the definition of a mentally ill person? Because right now, Trump supporters are mentally ill. So should Trump supporters get their guns taken away? I was just going to say that, Ryan. Well, we How about about this? We're here saying you are not mentally ill. So let's deal with us first. We're we're saying that. Also, we're saying you don't have to give up your guns. It's okay. I've got one in the background behind me. I don't know if you can see it. I can. So, you know, this is one of five shotguns I personally own. I thought that was a centipede. <laughs> it looks like part of so Trump's No one hair. is saying you have to give up your guns. We're just saying we want to make sure competent people are operating them in a competent fashion. 
I mean, come on, man. You know for a fact, and I see, Joe, you're making a face over there that, you know, people are calling for the confiscation of guns, especially some guns. from... Uh, no. And from some people. Dude, from some people, including Trump supporters, right? Anyone that doesn't fall in line with this one thought that they want popularized. Um, you know, I'm not trying to pick on you, Cameron. I know that you're a, a you no, know, no, no, avid... Go ahead. No, I, I just, I you know, I there are some guns that I'm okay with being restricted. You know, there really are as much as I like shooting and I have guns myself more than one. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think that's okay. There are certain things that are restricted for certain people. And there's a reason for that. The people that want to take guns away though, don't know anything about guns. They're really uh, terrified about AR 15s for whatever reason, which it's a two, two, three caliber, <laughs> well, yeah. not a very lethal round. That shotgun behind you can't. can do a lot more damage at a close range but, than this two, two, three. But, can. but Cameron and I, can, yeah, but Cameron, exactly. Cameron and I know a shit ton about guns. guns and we no, all, I'm all not saying that yeah. they all make good arguments. You know, a lot of this is, is ignorance and stupidity. And, and, you know, I'm not going to try and defend the left stance in its entirety on, you know, gun ownership in this country. But I do think it's perfectly okay that in the same way we we restrict rocket launchers and tanks that, you know, not everybody has to have access to every single type of weapon they might like to get their hands on. You know, that's sure. I I can agree with you on that. Really do. No, I I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I I don't think that silencers are really necessary for the mass uh, population either. Uh, that's one thing that I, that I don't agree with. Um, but you know, um, oh, Joe just got back. I was going to go to you, Ron, but, um, we'll go, we'll go with Joe and Jen, and then we'll finish up with Ron, um, just on thoughts of where we are moving. Oh, like we're going to get chickens. We're growing our own garden. We're just starting to be more, um, self-sufficient, I guess. Yeah. I think that's kind of where we were going. The last couple shows we've done is like, everybody's kind of over the whole politics thing. And we're just like, you know what? Let's just barter do our own thing <laughs> the commune uh, thing's a great idea we're gonna we care. literally are set to grow our own garden soon here whenever the weather changes you know because we are at the mercy of mother nature still but we we can grow our own food get chickens uh gather up any excess food or ammo whatever you want but either way i'm not looking to anybody else anymore like we have to just figure out our own shit well, we can't make milk, so I think I'm looking a little bit to other you people can. a little bit. Yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can so, make. Girls. I mean, we're going to grow as much as we can and try to be better. Like Mark was saying, like I'm going to try to be a better person. Try to learn to grow food. Try to be better at being more self-sustaining. But we're still at the mercy of the government a little bit. I mean, we can't get every single thing we need. We're going to try, True. but. We could live at least a Try couple to be months the most aware we can. off of our lawn. <laughs> okay. Very true. It would Very true. It would suck, but we could. Well, yeah, we wouldn't die. We'd just yeah be uncomfortable. Could recycle be, dog shit. I want to be okay with being uncomfortable a little bit too. <laughs> we get our power turned off really frequently here. I don't know if that happens to you guys. Um, PG&E is the power company here, and they turn off the power if it's Ooh. windy. So if yeah. it's hot and it's windy, which is all summer and it's like 110 degrees we get our power cut so there's no air conditioning and it's like 110 PG, degrees pg and e is very interesting they're like kind of credited with uh with that fire season that you guys have there in california which is very interesting right. about it yeah they've taken they've taken responsibility for a few of them i'm not sure if it was their fault or not whatever but they've no, we'll taken them. responsibility for it because they <laughs> there's 
gigantic structures that are just sitting out. And if one little spark happens, there's no rain here at all in the entire summer. I don't know where all you guys live, but there's no rain in the summer from about May to, I'd say, November. There's no rain at all. But then it's 110 to 120 the entire summer. So it gets hot as fuck. There is something to be said about being uncomfortable. Yeah, there's something to be said about being uncomfortable. I've had to shower in, uh, like, I've had my water heater break in the middle of winter here and had to take freezing cold showers in the dead of winter. And it it does toughen you up quite a bit. But, I mean, Ron, what are your finishing thoughts? We're trying to wrap up here. All right. So before I give you my finishing thoughts, I want to congratulate you on your 100th episode. Thank you. And I just wanted to thank you. I'm honored to be to be asked to come on as a guest. I really appreciate that. Uh, but I'm going to give you my predictions as Ron Stradamus, as you guys like to call me. Well, sure. Let's hear so. It. All right. So we all we're all familiar that we're living on a, a fiat currency, right? Our money isn't backed by anything. They, they've printed trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars, which, you know, is going to turn into inflation. Uh, I think what's going to happen is, is the only way that this is ever going to get fixed is if the whole system burns to the ground. The Great the, the Reset. Whole system, the, yeah, and, and, and exactly. Uh, the Great Reset that you're talking about, although we have to resist a lot of their of what they want. Uh, I'm actually listening to the book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, uh, which was written by Klaus Schwab, the same guy that wrote COVID-19 and the Great Reset, who is the head of the World Economic Forum. I mean, I mean, to, to be able to defeat your enemy, you need to know your enemy. I'll give you one example. Uh, General Patton read the book that Erwin Rommel, the Desert Fox, wrote, and those were the two best tank commanders there ever was, right? So, so to understand them, you need to, you need to get inside their heads, but this whole system needs to burn to the ground. And and Ryan, that's when you brought up the crypto craze right now. Uh, The, the great reset uh, included in that is, is a call to go to a cryptocurrency, digital currency, where there won't be any cash anymore. Uh, But uh, which is, which is, you know, it's probably going to happen. The only problem with that is that if that comes down to that, then they can control you 100% because they could have the ability to turn your money off. So uh, like Mark says, I think everybody, I mean, I consider myself a pretty good person. I help out anybody and everybody that I possibly can. Uh, and I have people that I can call for help too. So it's really nice. I mean, I think we should get back to doing more bothering. Uh, I'll trade you a bushel of tomatoes for a few gallons of milk. You know, that type of thing, like how it used to be done in the old days. You know, just help each other out. It's it's not a us against you. It's not a us against them. It really isn't. This this is the agenda that they're pushing. They want us to be fighting each other. They want us to be locked in our homes. They don't want us to be out doing anything. They don't want us looking to the sky. They don't want us to see Planet X coming around the sun like it is. Uh, they don't <laughs> want us breathe they don't want us breathing fresh air. I mean, this is their agenda. True. We all need to we all need to get together and we need to resist together as the human race. And if we could do that, I think we can be I, I think we can beat what the global and what the NWO ha, has has plans for. 
I think we could actually beat them. There's more of us than there is them. For Absolutely. sure, man. Absolutely. No, I mean, to your point, man, we should all love our neighbor. I fucking hate my neighbor. Uh, she never uh, likes when I let my dogs out of my house. She like She's called the animal control on me multiple times when they're running around in my own front yard because uh, they're scary pit bulls, uh, but even though they're very nice. So, um, I mean, you have a you have a solid point there. Everyone, awesome, awesome episode. Really appreciate y'all hopping in. Uh, this was just a, a, a real fun thing. Um, so, I mean, you just heard from Ron, Ron from New England, Middle Age Adventure on Instagram, Joe and Jen, Legit Bat, you can follow them. They have a great podcast with Ben, uh, who is always just kind of coming in and, uh, you know, running his mouth, talking some shit. Uh, but, you know, he, he adds he adds a little bit of flair to that podcast, right? Uh, Cameron, uh, he always appreciates the light of the Lord. So just send, you know, say prayers for him. Uh, no, not much social media for Cameron, but you know, he's always a great guest and, uh, it's, it's fun chatting with him and hearing his ideas. Um, you know, a liberal gun owner. I love the idea of that personally very much. And last but not least, Mark, uh, Mark Steves, uh, his podcast is my family thinks I'm crazy affiliated with Sam Tripoli and all of his work as well. So, um, we appreciate you guys coming on, man. This was just a ton of fun. I, I, I love you all for joining us on our 100th episode yeah guys and this is this is we brought you guys all together to say especially just how thankful we are to everything that you guys did for us uh, getting up to to 100 it's been it's been a fucking awesome and we're gonna keep uh keep riding this train so thank you guys for what you have been there for uh we we, we fucking love you guys love you listeners too just the sound of that first sip of morning joe it's the sound of someone shopping for a car on carvana from the comfort of home that's a good blend it's time to take it easy like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes talk about starting the morning right just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget Mm -mm -mm. visit carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be convenient comfortable ah that's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah.